Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday, wrapping up the month of June. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Physical delivery of wealth insurance. It is what we do. Gold and silver, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. And man, what a week. Got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, barely even made it on today. Uh, we, we've been having the, as you know, we have a static issue. We have been in communication with CenturyLink. I, I was going to say Quest. It's not Quest anymore. CenturyLink. They actually were out again yesterday and found a, you know, every time they find a problem. Unfortunately for us, it never appears to quite get fixed. So we had horrible, horrible static when I first uh, tried to get on. But it seems like it got better. I, I We're working on it. I, I I don't know what else to do. They, there was a the issue they're telling me is not in the lines here at at, at our office or at KXXT. Uh, the issue is somewhere. I want to say you said it was out on Pinnacle Peak. There's like some junction box and there's these cards and and here's the funny part is for the first time because I said to the people on the bottom, I said, and nobody ever comes in and tells us. They call, we I should say we call, they agree that there's a problem, they send somebody out and say, you know, okay, we fixed it. And I said, but we never know what they do. They never come in. We we never see them. So this guy was nice enough, the, the guy that would fix he actually came and he came in and said, Hey, here's what's happening and he goes, These cards he goes, They they don't like the heat. And I, <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, we live in the desert, right? It's, it's hot here. And he said, there was a bad car. And so we even tested it, you know, because I called and we did, and it was fine. I, I promise you it was fine yesterday afternoon. We'll keep working on it. Don't worry. I'm persistent. Colorado, we got a lot of stuff. I know. Thank you for your patience. All of us up there are working so hard. I know that the live stream or the streaming, the internet stream has been down for some time. It will be back up quickly. We're work well. I mean, it'll be back up. Obviously, quickly has well since passed. Uh, but but we are making changes all for the better. And I know we've had issues up there with with dead air, this and that. All of that stuff's going to go away, and I promise you, it's going to go away uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, I'm going to t- there's going to be a big, big change in the next 30 days up there in Colorado. Uh, we got a lot of good things happening behind the scenes. Uh, we got our, bra- our brand new advertiser, our first new advertiser. In a while. We're going to have a bunch of them. We got a lot of great things coming. They had more issues with that horrible roof. All of it's under warranty. Don't worry. Uh, it's all being repaired. Everything's going to, we're going to get it back up and going there. Uh, in no time, we appreciate your patience. We got a lot of a lot of good things coming. Obviously, our new office is up there. So, so uh, Sharon and Michael and Cody, I mean, these guys, they've been wonderful. They really have been. Uh, and Jason and Brian, these guys are rock stars uh, in helping us. It, it just obviously we'd like it done as quickly as possible, and it just takes time. 
but but we are on top of it, and now I, I feel like uh, we're as close as we've ever been. Uh, so so keep that in mind. I thought today I was going to come out and say, look, we fixed the static. Uh, we we didn't, uh, but we're going to keep at it. Uh, we appreciate again, and all of you that do business with well, this is what keeps us here. This is what well, this is how we pay our bills and and take care of business. Uh, what an opportunity! Uh, I actually. You know what? I've been lazy. I've been I've been not uh, doing my job well enough this morning. I got here early, and you know me. I'm a numbers guy. I always have been. But I took the last one, two, three, four, the last five years, and and I there was nothing special about. I just picked five. I thought five was good because I figured okay, I can do five. The last five years, gold and silver. I'll tell you where the bottoms were, where the highs were, all of those things. The very, uh, it shouldn't be a shock. Uh, the pattern is very clear. Get ready. Make sure. Do not, do not, not, not take advantage of, of, of this. Uh, I'll break it all down for you. We got another one of the dog days, the summer specials coming for you as well. Uh, we had a revision to first quarter GDP out today. Not good. Uh, but what can you do, right? We're, we're, we'll talk all about that. We had more news in the in the trade wars. Uh, crude oil, which closed at a, the highest level in four years yesterday, uh, is now, matter of fact, approached $74 a barrel now this morning. Uh, I'll tell you why. The government came out today to try to uh, help the oil market. And, and instead really just reiterated what we already knew, which is if you're going to ban Iran from oil shipments, there's just not going to be enough of it. We'll break that all down for you. I'll tell you what happened with, with first quarter GDP as well. And I'll also give you an update as the Chinese have uh, quietly been responding uh, to U.S. threats. I'll tell you all about that as well. And then is the dollar's reserve currency status in jeopardy? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back right after the break. 800 uh, The dog days, the summer specials rolling out uh, today. Got a couple of them. I'm trying to give you options. And then I'm going to break down why I think today's as good a day as any uh, to, to keep adding to those portfolios. Uh, $20 liberties, but these are going to be AUs. And, and if you've been, and, and, you know, we've been able to run these AUs, you know, really at really good prices. And if you've been buying them, you know, they're, they're sharp, good looking coins. Uh, these are going to be all mixed states, right? So a lot of companies, if they sell you anything nice, right, they're all 07s or 04s. Uh, these got, we got a bunch of dates available to us. Uh, AU $20 Liberties, $1,300. That's $10 less than the, than the circulated. So $1,300. Uh, that works out to, what is it? Fifty forty eight dollars. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's just so incredible. Forty eight dollars over spot. AU twenty libs. Uh, if you buy ten, I'll get you ten different dates. Yeah, that's right. Ten different dates. 
800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Obviously, with 10 different dates, a lot of them are going to be what? You know it, pre-1900s, and everybody but us charges way more for, for those. Uh, so AU, $20 Liberties, $1,300. You buy 10 or more, I'm going to give you 10 different dates. Tell you what I'll do. You know what? And I'll throw in the shipping if you buy 10 or more. There you go. Bingo. 800-951-0592. Silver. I don't know, right? Obviously, what I thought was the bottom wasn't the bottom. May have bottomed today. Silver right now, uh, 16, actually 1598 right this second. I'm going to give you two options. U.S. Silver Eagle Roll, three eighty-five a roll. That's the cheapest price all year. And and, and again, I'm going to break down why I think, especially uh, really a silver right now. And I know we talked about it a lot. It's just incredible. Uh, they're they're three eighty-five a roll today. If you want to uh, buy those half-dollar rolls, they're still available. So I still have some. Some limited amount of half dollar rolls, they're 130. Uh, and again, if you, you buy 25 or rolls or more of those, uh, still at the 125. We ran those the last few days. Uh, so U.S. Silver Eagles 385, AU20 Libs, $1,300. And if you buy 10, I'll get you 10 different dates. And I'm going to throw in the shipping 800 951 so I, I, I did some research because I'm, I'm frustrated. Right? I'm like, it makes no sense. All right, I've been saying this all along. We should be talking about new highs, not new lows. And I and after I did the research, I kind of felt a little better. Still upset, but but better. Uh, but here's the research that we're, what we did. So I'll, I'll start with silver, and then I'll do gold. Like I said, I there was no rhyme or reason. I just Five years seemed to be a long enough time because I wanted to see what I was looking for was, is there a pattern here? Is there something that I could put my finger on that says, okay, because you know all this trading, it's all manipulated, and, and then it's all run by computers, right, the algorithm. So here's So I did silver first. So I went back to 2013. 2013. In almost every year, silver and gold rally at the beginning of the year. And, and that's, that's an historical pattern. Uh, December's always a good month to buy. And, and what, what, what my research found out is, guess what, the June, July, those are the two best months to buy, at least in the last five years. Silver's uh, peak in April in 2013. It bottomed in early July and then hit the highs for the year in September. In 2014, silver actually fell. This was the one year it fell a little early. It fell in March. It bottomed in July. So two years in a row. And then it peaked in August. So early September, late August in the first two years. In 2015, 
It fell in May. Bottomed in July. Right, so that's three straight years in a row where silver bottoms in July. It actually rallied a little longer that year. It, it, it hit the highs in October. In 2016, fell in May. Bottomed in June. And most of the Julys, and I should have probably put the date, in, and, and shame on me for not doing that. Most of the Julys were early in the month, and when I do June's, most of those were late in the month, just so you know. It was right around, uh, if you put a, a circle around 4th of July and you went two weeks in front or two weeks behind and a week after, that three-week period is usually where the bottom fell. So 2016, it fell in May, bottomed in June, hit the highs in August. Last year, fell in April, bottomed in July. Hit the highs in September. So I'm like, you know what, there's a pretty good pattern. And the month varied, right? You know, we had one outlier of March, but it was either April or May, just like we had this year. The bottoms were, you know, late August, early July, and then we'd hit the highs usually August or September. Here's the problem. Most of us will buy in August and September. Right? We need to buy in June and July. So then I was like, okay, I like that. that. That made me feel a little better. But does the same argument hold true for gold? So in 2013, gold also, it followed, you know, we talk about how gold and silver are brothers, right? They, 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 they run together. Silver's the younger brother, and he gets a little more wild. But, but but they're normally together. So silver fell in April of 2013, so did gold. Gold bottomed first. So gold bottomed in June, and then both of them hit a high in September. In 2014, gold and silver, right, the outlier year, they did the same thing. Gold also fell in March. Again, Gold hit the bottom first, and I, and I think that makes sense, right? Big Brother will lead the way. So gold fell or hit bottom in June, where silver didn't do it till July. Gold hit its high late August. Silver hit it in September. In 2015, gold fell in March, which was a little early. This was the outlier year for gold. Gold fell in March. But it bottomed in July, right? There's another pattern. It bottomed in June, bottomed in July. It hit the high in October, just like silver did that year. 2016, gold fell in May, bottomed in June. Hit the highs, and in the highs, the August, September, same kind of pattern. Almost always, it was late August, early September. Hit the highs in August last year. Gold actually did two numbers. It fell in May, but then rallied. But then it fell again in July, and, and it hit the bottom in July. So, so gold had a, uh, was falling in May, and then so, and in June, when it looked like it was going to normally bottom, it spiked up, and then it fell real quick. It was only two, three days, and then it fell, and then boom, shot right back up, hit it in September. So in both gold and silver, over the last five years, 
there is a clear pattern of them falling pretty much May and June. It, and sometimes it's a little earlier, but May, very consistently, they're falling in May and June. Gold normally will bottom first, but the difference is a week, within a week of each other. And then they rally essentially, like I said, from late June through a week after 4th of July, it rallies for the next six to eight weeks going into August and September. Uh, so at least from a chart perspective, I guess that makes sense, right? Why are all the algos saying sell? Well, because that's what they've been doing, so uh, I'll chalk it up to that. Obviously, some manipulation helped a lot uh, to get them to break down to begin with. And, and then the pattern, though, is I think we're here. Especially, right, maybe we're here uh, now in gold, sil silver, I think we're here too. I, I just, the, the action in silver, uh, I just can't see it continuing. Uh, but but I just, I I should have probably have done, done this uh, earlier. Uh, I, I did it today, so that's the pattern over the last five years. So is it a good time to buy? Over the last five years, this is it. This is the best time to buy. The next best buying opportunity has been December. So th those are your, if you're, if you're, you're a really uh, disciplined gold and silver buyer, there's two months out of the year you should buy. Late June, late December. 800 uh, Let's talk about, we got you know, to talk about crude oil. So crude oil, as we know, uh, was down in the, the mid-60s, is now uh, in the mid-70s, uh, got all the way up to 74 uh, today. And the... The big news was we came out earlier this week. Gold or oil was already rallying. Remember, OPEC had a meeting, and in that meeting they said we're going to raise production by a million barrels. Uh, but then they said, well, not really. We want to raise it by. We're going to raise the number by a million barrels, but we're actually only going to be able to do it about six hundred thousand because there's too many countries don't have enough supply. Then earlier this week, the State Department announced that they are going to try to force all countries that import Iranian oil. We don't. Okay, so just, just so you know, we don't import any oil from Iran. But the countries that do, they want them to go to zero barrels. By November. So I, I went and looked. And obviously the number one importer of Iranian oil, I mean, it's not done take a rock time to figure it out, China. What I didn't know and I learned today was exactly how many barrels they were importing. Matter of fact, China and India take the most. Almost a million barrels a day between the two. China uh, is up uh, almost to 700,000 barrels of crude oil a day from Iran. Today, 
the United States State Department wanted to clarify. They were hoping this would, would help the market. It didn't. The United States has told countries to cut all imports from uh, oil imports from Iran by November and was un unlikely to offer any exceptions. However, they've made a small change. I'll tell you what that is next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now continuing that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. There is still time to register for an important, wonderful free conference in Washington, D.C. this summer. It's designed for college students. It's the 25th annual Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit, and it'll provide three days of outstanding speeches and training from conservative members of Congress and national newsmakers. We'll also take tours of landmarks and government buildings in our nation's capital. The purpose of the Collegian Summit is to equip college students to resist the propaganda taught by radical professors. This conference will help students to strengthen their conservative voices in this important election year. The Collegian Summit will take place on July 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Heritage Foundation and other locations in Washington, D.C. Best of all, it's free for the students who register in advance. That is, until space runs out. Last year, our students received intensive training from Morton Blackwell's Leadership Institute on how to build their personal branding as well as marketing and communication skills. That training was followed up by a private tour of the Capitol Building. Then we heard from several prominent speakers and members of Congress and ended our day with a private reception in one of the United States House of Representatives office buildings. Most important, every day of the summit is an opportunity for these students to network and build relationships with other like-minded college students and share stories of how they become activists on their campuses and to encourage each other. It was inspiring last year to see how these courageous students equipped with facts could make a difference on their college campuses. Again, the dates are July 10th, 11th, and 12th in Washington, D.C. To find out more about this free conference, go to phyllisschlafly.com while there's still time. If you are a parent or grandparent listening to this program, I hope you'll take the time to notify a college student in your family who would benefit from attending this conference. We must prepare the young people in our families for what they will face in the classroom so they can reject the false propaganda of multiculturalism, diversity, and feminism that's so common on our college campuses. Remember, the Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit is free to college students, but they must register soon. Please go to phyllisschlafly.com. Do you know a college student expressing frustration with their liberal ideology and anti-Christian propaganda on their campus? Encourage them to join Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and other conservative leaders in Washington, July 10 through 12, for the annual Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit. The conference is free to students who register at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592, U.S. $20 AU. For those of you who are like, what's AU? That's almost uncirculated. These these are super, super nice coins. Um, $1,300. And remember, when we sell you nicer coins, we actually want to charge you less. Right? Everybody else. This is why we've been here for so long. It's why we've been doing it for over 20 years. Uh, we charge you less than everybody else. AU 20 libs, 
1300 If you buy 10 of them, I'm going to give you 10 different dates. Another thing, everyone charges more. So you're going to be loaded up with pre-1900 dates. Uh, and I'll throw in the shipping. 800-951-0592. Don't forget, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles. It's the cheapest price all year, 385 a roll. Uh, throw throw some silver in there as well. Buy these bottoms, uh, at least from a chart perspective, over the last five years, this is actually the best time to buy. These are the dead bottoms of the gold and silver markets here in, in late June, early July. Uh, this is when you want to make sure you're adding to your portfolios. Uh, before the break, we're talking about crude oil. Here's the problem. We have Venezuela not really producing at all. Mexico's production's down. Nigeria's production's down. Kuwait and Iraq are, and Russia are producing all the oil they can. There's not very many countries left that have excess. Why, look at what we've done. We're pumping as much oil as possible. It's been incredible what we've been able to do. I mean, we've almost doubled our oil production in the last 10 years. I'd love it. We need double it again and stop buying oil from everybody. We would, wouldn't it be great if we woke up today and said, hey, it's not our problem. Right? We, 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 buy, we don't buy any oil from anybody but us. Wouldn't that be great? You would think about what that would do to the trade deficits. But, of course, you know, can't do that. Uh, but the State Department was back out today. They want everybody to cut Iran off by November, and they actually gave the date November the 4th. They have yet to hold talks with China and India, which kind of seems like, where do you start there? Since those are the two big producers, or I should say the two big importers. Uh, by the way, the other one, Turkey, and this one surprised me. Iraq, and maybe it should. Obviously, the um, since Saddam is gone now, their ties to to Iran are much closer. Those are the four big importers of Iranian oil. Asked if any waivers were expected to be granted. Okay, in other words, hey, a lot of people are doing the math. We don't see a way that we can replace every single barrel of Iranian oil, are you going to give some waivers, right? Are you going to say, hey, you know what, India? You should buy from them. Or, hey, China, you know what? Instead of going to zero, you know, we want you to buy half or something. And the State Department said that no exemptions would be permitted. Here's what they added. I would be hesitant to say zero waivers ever. But as of right now, the official line is everyone needs to be at zero. And there are going to be no waivers. What I haven't heard is what are the consequences for these countries if they say no? That has not been, you know, put out there. We're asking them to do it. The vast majority of countries that are willing to adhere and support our approach 
because they view Iran's behavior as a threat, talking about, you know, the nuclear stuff and the deal that we got out of, there is a level of frustration and that uh, Iranians are tired of this situation. So the State Department saying the Iranian people are behind us, uh, that remains to be seen. That was the big update today. So they they were hesitant to say any no waivers ever. Uh, they added that was new. Crude oil was above $74 when that announcement came out, uh, still at $73.75. That was uh, part of the news today. GDP first quarter came out. Remember when it first came out, it was 2.5%. Then they revised it lower, uh, and it got down to Uh, 2.2%. This is the final revision to first quarter GDP, the new number now was 2%. So pretty big difference. Uh, Unexpected. uh, I didn't expect that. The problem was it it really depends. Where did it come out of, right? Where we were at two and a half, we're down to two. Where was the mistake? And and the, the problem was where it was. It slowed more than previously estimated the weakness in consumer spending. So this is something, remember now, it looks like they've overstated consumer spending. Well, it doesn't, it, obviously, they did in the first quarter. Uh, consumer spending is one of the bright spots for this second quarter number. So we'll have to see, but uh, it was the weakest performance in consumer spending in nearly five years. And that's hard for me to understand, right? We all got the, you know, the tax cuts. Everyone was, (laughs) everyone was getting those checks, right? Remember, Fox would run the scroll of all these companies giving all of you these checks. Of course, we told you most of them, the headlines were a thousand. But you had to be, you know, you had to work there 20 years to get it. Most people, most people didn't get any check. The ones that did, most of them probably got like two, 250 bucks. Actually, I know a couple of our customers did get a thousand. Uh, But like I said, they've worked there for those companies forever. Uh, And that is definitely not the the norm. Uh, They said, so the weakest consumer spending in five years, Uh, They're hoping that it regained uh, momentum here in the second half. Uh, The 2% annual rate in the January to March period is the third estimate of GDP, and that's going to be the final one that they'll announce. What will happen, though, is in a couple of years from today, they'll change the numbers and just not tell you Uh, after they finally, I guess it takes them that long to really count everything. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, again, 800-951-0592, AU, $20 libs, $1,300, cheaper than the circulated today. If you buy 10, I'll get you 10 different dates, and I'll throw in the shipping uh, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles today, three eighty-five. Uh, silver right now, fifteen ninety-five. It's down almost twenty-five cents this morning. 
Uh, silver's or gold's uh, at 1,252 uh, as the we had a revision uh, to first quarter GDP, downward revision to first quarter GDP. Uh, bad news: the State Department holding the line on imports uh, from oil from Iran, and in uh, news that China may be preparing a six percent tariff. But here's the bigger news, and this is the one. That worries me. And I know a a lot of people have said, well, people have talked about this before and nothing's ever happened. But something significant changed. And it changed when we gave China reserve currency status. And people now are starting to pay attention. Having already instituted worldwide tariffs on steel and aluminum, threatening more taxes on foreign products from China, the EU, and a host of other allies and rivals. The president pushing foreign governments to reconsider holdings of U.S. Treasury reserves. And, of course, what they're talking about is buying stuff with dollars. And, again, why do countries hold reserves? They hold reserves to buy stuff. They've always had to hold reserves in dollars. Well, go back to Brenton Woods. But that was the law, right? That was the that was what we that was our prize uh for winning World War II. Everything had to be bought in dollars. Then of course Brenton Woods ended, but people were used to that. The euro came about and, and yes, the euro gets used, but everyone knows even even all the people that when it first got created never thought the euro could last because you got 29 different countries and as soon as things get bad, really bad, right? Look at it, like Italy today, right? They want to do, they want to break the rules. But then a few years ago, we gave China reserve currency status. And here's the thing. China's huge now. Although the dollar is continuing to be used in most trades. There is the possibility for the first time that participants in the global economy will use something else. Already, according to XF Strategies in Cambridge Global Payments, which is out of Canada, already Countries are looking for alternatives like the euro and the renminbi. Of course, that being the Chinese currency. Using the dollar has long posed a risk to certain countries, essentially all the emerging markets, right? China, India, Brazil, Russia, right? It's always posed a problem. And now the Chinese and the People's Bank of China has set up the ability for these countries now to use something else. The dollar's use as a funding currency means that nations that do business with one another must use dollars instead of their own currencies when purchasing products. Now, we know slowly but surely that's been going away. Look at India and Russia. Just last week, they signed a huge uh, arms deal. They didn't use dollars. 
First time ever. First time ever. India didn't use dollars to buy something from the Russians. These nations have no control over the currency's value, right, which makes it hard. Think about it. Hey, I can't use my currency. I got to use the dollar, and it keeps getting stronger. It's killing us. Increasingly, the U.S. is less dominant in terms of the total economic pie in the world. And that's probably the biggest change. When you think about, you know what's so funny, and I didn't even put this together. We talked about one day we'd want it back. And right now I was thinking about, hey, we want those. Those were good jobs. It was actually really, when you think about it, this is even worse. We gave China the ability to be the world supplier. Now these countries are like, wait a minute. I don't even buy stuff from America. <laughs> Why would I want to use their, I, I hate that. Their currencies, it's erratic. I don't know what the Fed's doing. They're making my life miserable. I'd rather use Chinese currency. Matter of fact, XF strategy at Saxo Bank in Copenhagen says this is exactly what's happening. There's something to be said about it, especially over the longer term. What has changed is that China's emergence on the world stage has now provided an alternative. The country's renminbi was added in 2016 to the IMF's reserve currency basket, right? We talked about that at length. We're just now. This is the first time since China's been added to the basket where all of a sudden the U.S. and its strengthening dollar thing is starting to cause heartburn and now the rest of the world's like, hey, wait a minute, we got a new thing we can use. We'll talk about that next. Final segment on this Thursday, we're talking about where do we sit here? Right. We know about the trade war. We know uh, banks now. Yesterday marked the 13th straight day in a row for losses uh, in the banking sector as all of this. Again, you know, we keep saying they really haven't fixed anything. Uh, and, and, it, and it's certainly starting to seem that way as all the trade war stuff is heating up. But. The data's not looking as good as people had hoped. It's still going to be a good second quarter. We know that, uh, but maybe not as good as they once thought. But the problem really is the third and the fourth quarter are now in jeopardy. Uh, but we're talking a much bigger than that. The role of China. What giving it all away really is doing. Right now, China's currency is less than 5% of world reserves, and that is, but that's changing quickly. Uh, that's from Chandelaine uh, Foreign Exchange in New York. The fact is, China is now the number one or number two export market to pretty much 
every country in the world. The U.S. has lost its dominance at being the number one trading partner to everyone in the world, and China is the one that's replaced it. China's One Belt, One Road initiative, right? We've been talking about this, right? All the way from, you know, the eastern shores of Europe to the western shores of Asia. They want to control it all. Africa recently, and I did not know this, but they said that central bank leaders in Africa have been discussing adopting the renminbi as their reserve currency. Right, all of them have dollar pegs. Uh, for so for the first time, we're learning that Africa, of course, right? China's the one dumping all the money there. Uh, my guess would be it'll start there. I don't think it ends there. La- uh, European Central Bank, right? We talked about this. They added five hundred million bucks uh, worth of their reserves into the Chinese currency. Other banks have been adding as well. And it's something that we need to keep an eye on uh, because really at the end of the day, that's probably the most important part, which is there's no turning back, right? We're, we're battling uh, right now with the other number one, right? We're one, they're two, they want to be one. We still want to be one. And now for the first time since 2016, because they weren't even a reserve currency until then. This is now the first crisis, if you will. Look at look at India today. India's rupee hit the lowest level ever. Right, This is what has been killing these emerging markets, and they're looking for an alternative. And, and, and of course, now the alternative they're going to look at is going to be the number one trading partner they've got. They'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> we buy pretty much everything from them. Let's try that. It can't be any worse than what we've already got, and that's going to cause huge huge problems uh, for us longer term, especially when we know yesterday we talked about how much debt we're going to be adding. Uh, who the buyer is going to be, we don't know. By the bottoms here, U.S. Silver Eagles 385, AU 20, 1300, 800-951-0592. Everyone take care. 